Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna, the Master and Keshav. That's the chapter where we will be continuing from the conversation where we concluded our last class. So the Master continued. Let us go to the text. Bondage and liberation are both of her making. By her Maya, worldly people become entangled in woman and gold. And again, through her grace, they attain their liberation. She is called the savior and the remover of the bondage that binds one to the world. So this is the concept which we find in all the religions, that it is by her Maya, by the will of the divine, the creation came into existence and by the will of the divine, again, we can attain liberation. So why this creation? As we will find in the discussion that, that follows, Sri Ramakrishna will be bringing in the concept of the Leela. It's a divine play. There is a such no purpose behind the creation. That he's he or she, here Sri Ramakrishna is thinking of the divine as the mother. She is the ultimate reality. She is one. She wants to be many. Why she wants to be many? Because she wants to sport Leela. You cannot sport when you are alone. You need someone. So out of her, the creation came out. The one became many. many. As in the Upanishad, they say, Tat Srishtva, Tat Eva Anu Pravishat. Tat Srishtva, after creation, he has entered into the creation. <coughs> the creation is the projection of the divine. The divine has become the creation so that it can interact with the creation. So, just as for any game, you need someone as a playmate. So this creation is. So as this, the idea of this Leela, as we told that even in the previously that God wants, that God is full of joy. The expression of joy finds its ultimate expression through love. And for love, there should be two. One, when alone, if you're alone, you cannot think of love. Love means it has to be reciprocated by someone. So to experience that love, he has created the universe. And then he wants to support with the creation. Now, as we always indicate to this fact, that why that Maya is, that he, would have, he or she would have created us in such a way that we always feel love towards the divine. Because that's what the divine wants, that we should relate to the divine through love then why he has created this maya, this ignorance, with the senses we move out, we never go in, we never try to dive within and try to get connected with our, the source of our existence, why we are moving out. So the idea that so many times we have described that if there is no choice, there cannot be love. You cannot love something which is programmed, which is artificial intelligence you cannot love. 
However, a computer, however, a robot may be sophisticated if you know that it has been programmed to have unconditional love towards you. You can never feel love towards it because you know it's a machine. It has been programmed. So the concept of free will comes there. The God has given us free will. Yes, you can move out. And that's the Maya, you can move out. But as we always go on saying, he has created the creation, the world in such a way that it is perfectly imperfect. You can never get joy out of it. However, we may try to make the heaven on this earth for thousands of years, we're trying. It never happens. It can never happen. Know it for certain, however we may try. It's like the dog's curly tail in the words of Ramakrishna. However you try to straighten it, it again gets curled. As long as you're holding it is straight, again it gets curled. In some way or other, the problems, the sufferings find manifestation. In this world, as Swami Vivekananda used to say, it is like a rheumatic patient. You try to massage the part of the body which is paining for a rheumatic patient, the pain just shifts. It goes to some other place, but it never, it never gets cured. So all our problems, the moment you're trying to solve a problem, you will find it is finding expression in some other way. If you try to have material prosperity, you find that the mental illness is increasing. When in the poverty, the, mind, the people were quite happy. And when you have rich, you find that mentally, the depression, the family violence, all those things are increasing. However you may try, in this world, you know it for certain that so many isms came. Demo this communism, capitalism, all were the experimentations to have a heaven on this earth. We find in some way or other, the problems do manifest. In one way you solve, in some other way it manifests. So the world, know it for certain, is perfectly imperfect. It has been made such a way. So that at last, in our attempt to make a heaven on this earth, we get exhausted. And then we turn around. The moment we turn around, that's where the divine grace comes. We just have to turn around. If you move towards the divine one step, the divine is eternally waiting. When I turn towards the divine and try to relate to the divine through love, the divine is always waiting. And then the divine comes running. If you move towards the divine one step, he or she will come thousand steps, hundred steps to come and embrace you. The story of the prodigal child in Bible has a wonderful story, indicates this same idea that a rich man had two sons. The elder son was obedient. The younger son wanted to be free. He wanted to move away from his father with the share of wealth which he, he inherits. And finding the son insistent, the father at last has to, had to yield to the son's insistence. So he took his share of the property and moved out. But as he was not a very responsible person, he was more towards enjoyment. In, in a short time, all the wealth was exhausted. He became a pauper. And now he just uh, didn't knew that how to sustain his, himself. So now again, the thought of his father came. But with that, the fear came. Just the way we are afraid of the divine initially, that, oh, I have done so many wrong things. Most probably the divine is angry with me. He will curse me. He will just, uh, I will have to accrue the results of all my bad actions. He's there to curse me as if we are so much afraid of the divine. The same way the son is thinking that most probably my father is terribly angry with me. But as there is no other way, he now starts returning. And from a distance, the father saw the son returning. Just seeing the son returning, the father runs. He runs and goes and embraces the child, brings him back to home. And he is full of joy. The son has came back. 
that he has misbehaved, all those things are not in his mind, that he has came back. That is the important thing. He's full of joy. And to celebrate the occasion of the returning of his son, there was a huge grand feast. The father opened up his house, his granary, for the feast of the whole, uh, or the occasion of the child, of his second child's homecoming. So that's the story. What it says that he's eternally waiting for us who have moved out from him. So as we started the discussion with that idea that he is the one or she is the one who is all powerful. She could have made us in such a way that we always think of her. Why she has engulfed us in that maya that makes us move away from it. Because to experience the love, <clears throat> the joy of union, and that <clears throat> can be experienced only when there is a choice. If I was made in such a way that I'm bound to love, there cannot be love. Love is experienced when I love someone and that is reciprocated by someone who has a choice. He or she may love me or may not love me. When he or she reciprocates, then I enjoy the love. If I knew that he or she has been programmed to love me, I would have thought it is just an artificial intelligence. It is like a computer. I could have never, however that person may love me, I know it is an artificial intelligence. I can never love him. So God has given us a free will. It is by Maya, he has or she has entangled us as if in this world. In the Upanishad, that mantra comes, Paranchi Khani Vyatrinat Swayambhu, Tasmat Param Pashyati Na Antaratman, Kaschit Dhira Pratyagatmanaiksha Avritta Chakshu Amritattvavicha. The Swayambhu, the Lord has inflicted our senses, injured our senses in such a way that it always looks outside. It never looks within. Kaschidhira, a few calm ones, wise ones who have understood that the joy is within. To see the Pratyagatman, the one who is within, the Atman who is residing within, Avritta Chakshu, stops this outgoing of the senses of the mind and tries to dive within to attain that immortality, Amrita Pravicha. So that's the idea which we find in the Upanishads, in every, in the Bible, in all the scriptures, that the words may be different, but the idea is the same, that he, it is he or she, if we think of the divin, divinity as the feminine principle, it is she who has bound us by Maya. And when we feel the pangs of suffering in this world and we find no way out, and we just turn around with a yearning, to have a union with the divine. It is, a, it is her grace. We with all our endeavor can never reach, reach her or reach him. It is he or she out of her grace comes and embraces us. That's the idea that as we say that for liberation, there is no need for any endeavor. You do not have to do anything. The example which we give is just suppose you have climbed up a tree. You are holding onto the branch and sitting there. Now, if you have to fall, is any endeavor required? Nothing. You just have to leave the hold of the branch. The gravity will pull you down. There's no need of effort. Similarly, the grace is always blowing. The wind of grace is always blowing. It is we who are entangled to the woman and gold. We are holding onto the branches of this samsara to realize the grace, to experience the grace, we just have to leave the hold. It is always blowing. And then we will find that we don't fall. Yes, the gravity just forces us to fall, but the grace rises up, rises us. It takes us to, up to, the, to liberation. It makes us established in our divine glory. So it, we rise up through the grace. And that's the thing which Sri Ramakrishna is indicating. Bondage and liberation are both of her making. By her maya, worldly people become entangled in woman and gold. And again, through her grace, they attain their liberation. She is called the savior 
and the remover of the bondage that binds one to the world. Then the question may be that if it is her grace alone, then why we do sadhana? That so many paths are prescribed, Raja Yoga, Jnana Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Karma Yoga. Why all these yogas? You find in the Bhagavad Gita, all the yogas has been spoken of in the initial chapters. In the last chapter, at last, after describing all the yogas, at last, Krishna is saying, Sarvadharman Parityajya Mamekam Sharanam Raja Aham Tvam Sarvapapibhya that take refuge, just relinquish all the dharmas and take refuge in me. I will give you liberation. So what's actually speaking? First he's speaking of all sorts of endeavor. So Sri Ramakrishna, in the words of Sri Ramakrishna, that liberation happens only by his or her grace. It's not our endeavor. And what's the endeavor meant for? In the words of Sri Ramakrishna, the simple words of Ramakrishna, it is just to tire our wings. When the fly, bird is flying, when it gets tired, its wings get tired, it will go and rest somewhere. So when he's saying to just tire our wings, he is actually indicating to an allegory which he is to describe. What's allegory? A bird was sitting on the mast of a ship. It was sitting there. And the ship was on the deep waters of the ocean. Now the bird felt like flying to the shore. So it first flew towards the east direction. It didn't find any shore, came back, sat on the mast for some time, flew to the west, again came back, didn't find any shore, went to the north, to the south, it was now tired. It just sat there with full resignation. Let the ship take me where it takes. So in our life, all these endeavors are for this getting that feeling that with my endeavor, nothing is possible. And then the real resignation comes. Otherwise, when we say that I have resigned myself to the divine, it is just a word of your mouth. In no way, your words reflect your feelings. And within, I have not at all resigned. I'm just saying, it's just something I'm just, it's a word of my mouth. My feeling is in no way corresponding to that. In no way corresponds to that. It is only after doing a lot of sadhana, when I really feel that nothing is happening, then only that resignation comes. You have just released all the hold. First I was holding to the branch of samsara, then I just release the hold of the branch of the sansara and hold, and took hold of another branch, which I call sadhana. That also is a branch of this tree, because after all, the ego is linked with it. Anything with which the ego is linked is a part of the sansara. Who is doing sadhana? I am doing sadhana. So this ego is still linked. It's just another branch. In the name of spirituality, we are just leaving hold of one branch and holding another branch. But as long as I'm holding, I can never just, just the way the gravity acts only when you release the hold. The grace can act only when it release the hold. So even with all my sadhana, I'm not releasing the hold. At last I get tired. Then that let go ensues. Then that resignation comes. You leave hold. And then the grace works. And it is the grace which takes you to the realization. And that's the plan of the divine. So it is the grace alone by which we can attain that liberation. So she is called the savior. She is alone the savior, the remover of the bondage, and that binds one to the world. Then the master sang the following song in his melodious voice. In the world's busy marketplace, O Shama, thou art flying kites, high up the soul on the wind of hope, held fast by Maya's string. Their frames are human skeletons, the cells of the three gunas made, but all their curious workmanship is merely for ornament. So what he's saying, so when you are flying a kite, the kite may be decorated in various ways, but what makes the kite flight? The one who is 
holding, holding the, the reel of the thread. It is he who is controlling the flight of the kite. So here also all the, the frames of the human skeletons, the cells, the three gunas, these are all mere decorations. But what makes it fly? It is the mother who is holding the string. It is she who is actually uh, deciding the course of our flight in this world of samsara. So upon the, that's what you think Ram Prasad is saying, that it is she who is holding the thread of our life. Upon the kite strings, thou hast rubbed the manja paste of worldliness. You know that those who have this, uh, this habit of flying kites, they know that the thread, the thread will be rubbed with some paste, which, which is mixed with the broken glasses. So that that is called manja. So this manja paste. So he's here, this Ram Prashad is saying that the kite string has been rubbed with the manja paste of worldliness. So that, so as to make each straining strand all the more sharp and strong. That all our bondage we feel for this, in this life, in the form of various desires, which is her making. He has, she has made the world in such a way that we are bound to feel that this, the pangs of this, uh, the, the bondage of this, the so-called obsessions and desires. From the, even from the biological point of view, how the desires come into existence, the moment that the ultimate reality comes under the bondage of ignorance, comes under the purview of ignorance, what happens? The one that non-local consciousness, now it gets reflected in this psychophysical existence. Even for a micro, a small micro, in that the non-dual consciousness is being reflected. And now the reflection, that non-dual consciousness gets identified with the reflection. It takes the reflection to be real and it thinks, I am this psychophysical entity. The moment it happens, now it's enters something behind that psychophysical entity is saying, you are eternal. No one wants to die. Why? Because someone is saying within us that you are eternal. But I find my body and mind is not eternal. And I've identified with my body and mind. So I now, my endeavor becomes to make this body mind eternal. And that's the basic idea behind the ignorance. The moment the non-local consciousness gets localized and it gets identified with the psychophysical existence. Now, the sustenance of the psychophysical existence becomes the be all and end all of existence. If you give some nutrient to the micro, it will be drawn towards it. If you give some toxin, it will be moving away from it. And that's how the mental modules start forming. And the more we evolve biologically, the more that uh, these bindings, these uh, likings and dislikings become stronger. And that's how, what has been indicated by Ram Prasad in his song that this manja paste of worldliness, this, it is making that, uh, that our desires more intense, more sharp, more strong. So, but at last, what happens <clears throat> that even in this, that just see the entire that we discussed so many times, that the entire biological evolution in, in Vedanta, the evolution has never been denied. We never believe in design theory. We do believe in evolution, that it is the divine principle out of ignorance, gets identified with its various bodies and starts thinking itself as the small individual living entity. Now what happens now as it wants to live eternally with the body because someone behind it is equating that you are eternal. It now tries to evolve against the limitations of nature. The single cell, how the biological evolution has happened, the single cell finds that <clears throat> there are so many limitations. A little light, more light, little more heat will kill it. So now to equip itself better, what it does, it starts 
conglomerating with other cells. There's a division of labor that you take part of the breathing. Previously, the single cell was doing everything. Now, as you become a complex organism, you will find the division of labor. You do the assimilation, digestion. These cells do the circulation. These are the cells for the breathing. And we have biologically, we have evolved, have become more sophisticated creature. Why? That something behind is echoing that you are eternal. And I want to realize that eternity through the body. That's the working of the ignorance. And your time comes as a human being when we realize that I'm already eternal. This, our attempt to realize the eternity through the psychophysical existence is futile. It can never happen. I can never realize the eternity through something which is a flow. And then this endeavor to evolve physically stops. That's renunciation. Now I retreat, I come back. Once I realize that I am already, what I realize that I don't have to become eternal. I'm already eternal. As I was identifying myself with the flow, that's why I was again and again suffering the pangs of annihilation in the form of death of the physical body. It, but real me never dies. This when I realize, then I retreat. But this realization is something very rare among millions wanted to make it. And that's the thing. And that also is in the divine plan that among this, a few will just be coming back once they realize that it is out of ignorance. They're getting identified with the psychophysical existence. Then the retreat starts. It's something which is rare. So that's what Ram Prashad Sang, what is saying, out of a hundred thousand kites, at best, but one or two break free. And thou dost laugh and clap thy hands, O mother, watching them. So when you, you know that those who are just fly the kites, they have competition. There's so many kites are flying, they try to cut off the thread of some other kite. And <clears throat> when <clears throat> they are capable, it's not very easy. When you do it, you just are full of joy that you have as if uh, you're, you're, you have succeeded in your game, in your play. So here also mother is as if playing. And when one or two kites gets cut off, now she's jumping, laughing, clapping her hands out of joy. Because it is her divine plan. That's as it has been mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita also, that Bahunam Janmanamante Gyanavan Mantrapadyate Vasudevam Sarvamiti Samahatma Sudurlava. So after millions of birth, the Gyanavan, a few those who gather that wisdom, they start to yearn for me, Mantrapadyate. It is the Lord and Lord alone who has projected itself as the universe. They realize that Vasudevam Sarvamiti. Sir Mahatma Sudurlava, that the reality is not this local, it is something non-local. It is all pervasive. It is Brahman. The word Brahman came from Brit Dhatu, that which is not local, that which is whose expanse is everywhere. Bri means Brihat. From that the word Brahman came. So that's how, but when that happens, that means one or two is of these kites managed to, got cut off from the thread. And the mother is happy for that because that's what is a part of the divine plan that if you should do get, should, should get the liberation. On favoring winds, says Ram Prasad, the kites set loose will speedily be borne away to the infinite across the sea of the world. So that's the idea. That when you realize that, that you are not the localized the consciousness, which is just the reflection of the non-local. The sun is getting reflected in thousands of waves in the ocean. Each wave has the same reflection, is reflecting the same sun. If you look at the reflection, it appears there are thousands of suns, but it is only one sun. So similarly, all the ideas of individuality, when it falls off, you are no more identified with the wave. You don't think yourself as the reflection in the wave. You, 
you are, you realize that you are the sun, you're not the reflection. The reflection is of the sun. And then what happens? That the local becomes non-local. The Atman merges in the Brahman. Your local consciousness becomes one with the non-local consciousness. And that's being indicated that the kites that lose will speedily be borne away to the infinite across the sea of the world. So seeing that the mother is happy. So the mother, now the master after singing the song, he's saying the divine mother is always playful and sporty. So everything is happening out of sport, Leela. She's just enjoying the game. And we may, that we may feel that it is game for her and we are suffering. Someone asked Ramakrishna, you say that it is a divine play. It is a play for her, but here we are suffering. Ramakrishna's immediate reply was, who are you? It is she and she alone who has become everything. He or she, she, the ultimate reality, has given us a sense of separation so that the game is, can really be enjoyed. If you have the feeling that you alone are playing, you cannot enjoy the game. To enjoy the game, she or she has given the sense of you and me. So it is her play. We are all her playmates, Sakha or Sakhi, whatever it may be. So we are all the playmates of the divine. Once we can realize that, the life becomes joyful. Whatever may be the situation of life, we can enjoy the life. We can take it as a sport, whether something good happens or something bad. I know everything is happening as per the plan of the divine. I'm just the playmate. So that's the thing Sri Ramakrishna is indicating. The Divine Mother is always playful and sportive. This universe is her play. She is self-willed and must always have her own way. She is full of bliss. She gives freedom to one out of a hundred thousand. So he's just repeating in words the, what he has sang, the song of the Ramprasad. That's what he's indicating. A Brahmo devotee. But sir, if she likes, she can give freedom to all. Why then has she kept us bound to the world? So that's what with which we started our discussion. Master, that is her will. She wants to continue playing with her created wings in a game of hide and seek. The running about soon stops if in the beginning all the players touch the granny. So in the olden days, uh, even now, uh, maybe the, for holidays, when all the grandchildren have went to meet the granny, to stay for a few days with the granny. So now they devise out a game. What's the game? They will be running around. One will be the as if the thief, and the one he, he or she can touch, that person becomes a thief, the next thief. So that's the game. But so all will try to run away from the one who has been designated as the thief so that uh, no one can uh, no one is touched by her but there is a, a way to escape uh, even without running there's a way of escape what's that if someone someone can somehow touch the granny then even if the thief touches that uh, person uh, the grandchild child he or she won't be the thief anymore so now at the very beginning of the game, if all go and touch the granny, then the game won't continue. The game won't continue. So the granny doesn't like the idea that they will come and touch him. So if they touch him, the game won't continue. So that's the thing he's saying, that touching the granny means realizing the divine. If all realizes the divine, then it's her sport that won't continue. So she doesn't like. So that's why only a few liberation but most are busy in this game. And those most are none but the divine, the projection of the divine and divine alone. So that is her will. She wants to continue playing with her created beings in a game of hide and seek. The running about soon stops if in the beginning all the players touch the granny. If all touch her, then how can the game go on? That displeases her. Her pleasure is in continuing the game. Therefore, the poet said, out of a hundred thousand kites, at best, but one or two break free. And thou dost laugh and clap thy hands, O mother, watching them.
It is as if the Divine Mother said to the human mind in confidence with a sign from her eye, go and enjoy the world. How can one blame the mind? The mind can disentangle itself from worldliness if through her grace, she makes it turn towards herself. Only then does it become devoted to the lotus feet of the Divine Mother. So that's the thing, that the plan of the universe is such that only when at last we yearn for her, it is by her grace we go back to her. That's what we were discussing. And that's the thing which is being indicated in that Upanishad mantra, which we just now discussed, that Paranchi Khani Vetrinath Swayambhu, that he has inflicted the senses in such a way, injured them in such a way, in such a way that they always move outwards. They are always pursuing the world outside. They never try to dive within. So these are the two words, parak and pratyak. Parak means going outwards, pratyak means diving within. So as the senses has been inflicted by the divine in such a way that it always move outward, parak, kaschidhir, that one among that hundred thousand, that develop that yearning for the divine, pratyak, no more parak, pratyak, Atman, the Atman who is within, he wants to realize that, yearns for that. And for that, what he does, what he or she does, avritta jaksha. Now he disentangles his relation with the external world and tries to realize the divine within. So it happens only where grace is only for the few. That's what kaschit word indicates that. Only a few. Kaschit dhir, only a few. So whereupon Sri Ramakrishna, taking upon himself, as it were, the agonies of all householders, sang a song complaining to the Divine Mother. What's the song? Mother, this is grief that sorely grieves my heart, that even with thee for mother, and though I am wide awake, there should be robbery in my house. Many and many a time I vow to call on thee, yet when the time for prayer comes round, I have forgotten. Now I see it, that it is all thy trick. So, but interesting song of Ramprasad, that I am awake. I know, I have understood that I am in bondage. I want to be free. And now the real struggle starts. That I am awake and you are there to, as if bless me. But still I find that though I am awake, I am stolen. There's a robbery in my house. What's the idea? This idea we will find has been de uh, described very nicely in one of the slokas of Bhagavatam. In Bhagavatam, they say there are three categories of human beings. There are three categories. One, the, the lowest category has been called the murha, the, the one who is engrossed in the sense of of life. They understand nothing higher is the murha. And one who has realized the self, they're the highest. And all others are in between these two. Those who are yearning, those who have understood the, that we are in that bondage, we have to be liberated. This is the one who is in the middle, Antarito. All the struggle is for this one who is in the middle. The one who is, has no idea of the self, fully engrossed with the sensitive pleasures of life. They're quite happy. They are not at all suffering. They are quite happy with the sensitive pleasures of life. The one who is liberated, for them also there is no struggle, no suffering. They have transcended all the dualities of life. They are also happy. The struggle is the one who is in between. The sloka goes like this. Yascha muhatamo loke. In this world, those who are murha. And yascha buddhe parangata. Those who those with the wise one who have reached that param, the highest step. They both are happy. They both are happy. The one who are in between these two. That somehow you have realized the pangs of this bondage. But at the same time, with all your striving, you cannot reach the goal. It is they who are suffering. It is these 
who are in between about who has been spoken of in this song. Mother, this is the grief that sorely grieves my heart, that even with thee for mother, you are there to bless me. And though I am wide awake, I am no more like those mudha who has who are totally engrossed with the sensitive pleasure of life. I this I have to have some awakening. I have realized that the sensitive pleasures of life can never give me that ultimate happiness. So I am awake, but still there is robbery. What is the robbery? Many and many a time I vow to call on thee. Yet when the time for prayer comes round, I have forgotten. So I find the pitiable condition of my mind that however I try to keep my mind on the divine is constantly getting distracted. And now I see it is all thy trick. So it is as if the mother's trick, the mother, though I want, she wants the play to go on. So she is as if playing tricks with me. So that's how beautifully the song is describing the condition of those who have, who are in this, have realized the pangs of this bondage and is trying to be liberated. Those who are in the between. So how nicely. So as thou hast never given, so thou receiveth not. Am I to blame for this, O mother? So how nicely this Ramprasad is saying that all the qualities it is being given by the divine our love, our affection, everything. There's a wonderful story in the Bhagavatam. That yeah, you know that Krishna, the Kaliya, the story of the Kaliya Daman. When Krishna, that the snake Kaliya, it used to just, uh, whoever used to go to that reservoir, to the rivers of Yamuna, unknowingly, they could go down and the poison this, of the snakes would kill them. So, at last, for Krishna to save all from the this the, from the, this Kaliya, he went to the, the waters, and when he just started dancing on the head of Kaliya, and he was asking when the Kaliya was in extreme pain, Krishna was dancing over its head. Krishna asked that why do you inflict poison on others? And the answer which Kaliya gave was interesting that you never gave me nectar, you gave me poison. What can I give? As you gave me poison, so I give only poison. So that's the idea which even Ramprasad in this song is saying, that my mind is distracted, but it is your trick. It is you who have made the mind that way. What can I do? So as you have not given, so you don't receive. What is the receiving? That even I am communing with the divine, that is as if the divine is receiving my love, my devotion. So it cannot receive unless it has given me. So how beautifully the poem says that as this song says, as thou hast not never given, so thou receiveth not. So not given, how can you receive? Am I to blame for this, O mother? Hadst thou but given, surely then thou hast received. If you have given, I would have, you have received. Out of thine own gifts, I should have given to thee. In this world, everything is the Lord's. What can I give to the Lord? That's why in, in, uh, there's a common uh, adage, uh, the common way of saying it in Bengal is Ganga Jale Ganga Puja. That when you are worshipping the river Ganges, you're using the same water of the Ganges to worship the river. So the entire world is his or her creation. What can I give to the divine? Whatever I, I offer, is it, it is his. There's a wonderful uh, incident in the life of Ramakrishna that once in Dakshineshwar, uh, there was uh, the, the ornaments of the, uh, of the mother was stolen, of Mother Kali was stolen. And now Mathur went to the, the temple and addressing the mother told, oh, you have no power. You, could, you cannot even protect your own ornaments. Now, what power do you have? See, the, the thieves came and had stolen your ornaments. And listening to uh, listening that, Ramakrishna's immediate response was that what, what type of this uh, petty thoughts do you have? Why it's a petty thought? 
that the entire the world entire world is her do you think that the this little ornaments which you have procured for the divine mother she is in any way uh, lured by that the entire creation is her it is such a small thing you have given for you it may be something great nothing for her the entire creation is her ornament entire creation is her wealth the entire creation came out of her so that's why she was saying what a pretty thought you have that this wealth may be something great for it is not for her so this entire thing the creation is hers even my thoughts my temperament my will everything is hers so that's why how nicely is saying that as you have not given so you cannot receive out of thine own gifts i should have given to thee glory and shame bitter and sweet are thine alone this world is nothing but thy play then why o blissful one dost thou cause a rift in it this is a wonderful poem this that the one ramakrishna is identifying himself with the one who are in that middle who are not uh, happy with the so called sensitive presence of life and who have not transcended also were in between this, the ramakrishna is identifying with the suffering of them and he is singing this song this wonderful the, the ramprasad songs are so beautiful how nicely with the allegories he is explaining the pangs of the suffering of the sadhakas says ram prasad thou hast bestowed on me this mind and with a knowing wink of thy thy eye bidden it at the same time to go and enjoy the world you have as if just by the wink of your eye you have mischievously told go and enjoy the world and then what can i do i am bound to do that and so i wander here forlorn through thy creation blasted as it were by someone's evil glance taking the bitter for the sweet taking the unreal for the real so how nicely the song that swami ji is to say that maya is a statement of fact that though we know our common sense says the world is not permanent is not eternal i am not going to live eternally but what is maya though we know but the way we live the life shows as if i am going to live through eternity all our endeavors speaks of that for small small things we fight as if i am going to stay with all my wealth forever so this is maya that she has made the world in such a way that though our common sense says that this is not real but we take the unreal to be the real let's take the ashuchi to be the shuchi with the thing which is not pure to be pure the impure thing to be pure the impermanent thing to be permanent and that's what is what is ignorance that's what even in yoga sutra has been defined as agyana so that's the thing which is being indicated in this song which sri ramakrishna sang the master continued men are deluded through her maya and have become attached to the world says ram prasad thou hast bestowed on me this mind and with a knowing wink of thine eyes mischievously she is winking and just see how what's the with that wink what is happening within it at the same time to go and enjoy the world there is no way that she has mischievously winking and we are bound to move out in the search of pleasure in this world there is no way out it is only by her grace we can again turn around brahmo devori devotee sir can't we realize god without complete renunciation master with a laugh of course you can there there that's what uh, sri ramakrishna's way of bringing others to the domain of spirituality the real answer is of course complete without complete renunciation we cannot realize god even a trace of desire as long as it remains know it for certain you cannot realize god in the words of tulsidas jaha ram taha nahi kaam the god and the lust cannot coexist we have to get rid of all our worldly desires to realize god but here sri ramakrishna just to make us practice a little is saying something which is very interesting of course you can why should you renounce everything you are all right as you are following the middle path like molasses 
partly solid and partly liquid. Do you know the game of Nux? Having scored the maximum number of points, I am out of the game. I cannot enjoy it, but you are very clever. Some of you have scored 10 points, some six and some five. You have scored just the right number, so you are not out of the game like me. The game can go on. Why? That's fine, I'll laugh. So this is a very interesting thing he's saying, that you have uh, developed a little test for the divine. It's okay. Why is saying so? Though the reality is that unless the total renunciation comes, there cannot be liberation. Because once we have the little test, it is bound to increase, intensify. And at last, renunciation is bound to come. Sri Ramakrishna in some other place used to say a very interesting thing. That in a party, when the wine has been served, so those who have taken just one or two pegs, they are enjoying the intoxication, but at the same time, they're socializing still. Both are going on. Though they are enjoying it, they have just taken a little. But if anyone has taken a bit more pegs, can he anymore socialize? He's totally intoxicated. There's no question of socializing. What's the idea? The more you have imbibed the divine love, the more the divine life intensifies, the other things is, are bound to follow. Then why Sri Ramakrishna say that it's okay? Because once you have got the little test, know it for certain, it is going to intensify. As we have, we have been discussing so many times that how it happens, that it is in the modern psychology, it is the idea of the neuroplasticity, that how we have developed obsession for all the so-called worldly things. It is by the repetition. What I do again and again, that as it creates a groove in my mind. And once the groove is created, a path is created, I forget the purpose, just doing it becomes my obsession. But anything which we do out of necessity, when I do it repeatedly, a path is created through my mind. And once the path is created, I forget my mind gets wired, as if you have that word wired. Once your mind gets wired, you forget the necessity. Just to do it becomes your obsession. All our likings you find is, 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 can be explained with the same reason. That, out, that Ramakrishna is saying woman and gold is maya. You take, take these two things, what is speaking lust and gold. They are necessity. Without lust, you cannot, creation cannot continue. Without gold, you cannot sustain yourself. They are necessity. But when you pursue it out of necessity again and again, you forget the purpose and they become an obsession. You find all the crime in the society is because of this two only, nothing else. Lust and gold. What has happened? You have forgotten the necessity. It has become your obsession. The same thing, when the same thing happens with this devotion, when somehow I have felt the need of the divine and I have started practicing, with each and every attempt, I am wiring my mind. Gradually it is happening. Though I fail, I try, but with each and every attempt, this reputation is creating a new path in your mind. And once this path is created, once this new path is created, it's a very important thing. All other desires can coexist, but when you develop a love for God, that cannot coexist with other passions. You may say, why? If I love, uh, say, Rasgulla, my love for uh, some uh, other sweet doesn't fall off, they coexist. How you say that when you develop a love for the divine, the other things falls off. So the reason is that when the, whatever we love in this world, whatever we are obsessed of in this world, all the worldly things, they are something extraneous. Your wealth, name, fame, position, they're extraneous something which you have to attain. It is not yours. You have to attain. So the thing which is not yours, you have to attain, which is something extraneous. It is always linked with worries, tension, fear. 
as long as you have not got it, the fear is I may not get it. And when you have got it, the fear is I may lose it. Whether it is your relation, whether it is wealth, whether it is your position in life, but when you have developed love of God, it is something intrinsic, it is not extraneous. That I sit down, think of God, no one can take away from me. It is something within. So this love of God is something as it is something intrinsic. So what happens, it is not in any way linked with stress, tension, worry, tussle, that when uh, in, in, as far as love is concerned, if I love a person, if someone else loves a person, there's a question of envy. Because my interest, there's a clash of interest. But here, you can love the divine, I can also love the divine. There's no envy, because the God is universal. That my love in no way is in going to interfere with your love. It is something, something which is universal. And that's why there's no question of loss. It is such a treasure which you have developed, which in the word, uh, words of Miravai, kharche na hi koi, chor na leve, dina dina It never gets expanded. No one can steal it from you. It goes on increasing. The more you practice, the more the groove, the, the, the wiring becomes strongly, strongly ingrained, the more intense is your love. So now you can understand why Sri Ramakrishna is saying, it's good that wherever you are, you do not have to think of that absolute love. Whatever you are doing is very good because he knows very well that little love is going to intensify and other things are bound to fall off. This love is something which cannot coexist with other loves. It is qualitatively different, not only quantitatively, qualitatively different from others. So that's why he's quite happy. He's saying that, that whatever, that even in Bhagavad Gita, that's why we find that idea, Swalpam apyasya dharmasya trayate mahato bhaya. A little practice can save you from the great fear, great danger, great fear. This is a little practice. You have developed a little love. Now this love is bound to grow. And the more it grows, the other love falls off because they are qualitatively different from that. We give the example that in my mind, there were so many roads. I was traversing through those roads. I'm bound to traverse through those roads. Though there is a traffic, my interest clashes with your interest, but we were struggling. We were trying our best to get the advantage of others. We were selfish and the struggle was going on. Suddenly you develop love for God. A new road is created. But this new road is different. Previously, all the roads were as if passing through the traffic. You are passing through the traffic. Now this new road is like the freeway. There is no traffic, no junction. Once you have the choice to go to a certain destination where there is a freeway and where there is a road through the traffic, who will go through the traffic? All will prefer the freeway. So the love for the divine is like a freeway. And as there is no clash of interest, it is like the freeway. There's no traffic, no junction. So we develop love for that. The other road starts falling off. And this gets intensified. The more you traverse, the more the groove depends, the more overwhelming is the love. And that's how a time comes when the love becomes so overwhelming that all other, the spitty love for the your household, for your samsara, the worldly love, says they fall, fall off. It becomes so intensified. So Sri Ramakrishna knows that. He's saying, for me, the game is over. But now let us read. And what he's saying, that do you know the game of Nuks? Having scored the maximum number of points, I'm out of the game. He is totally overwhelmed with the love of the divine. For him, that he cannot just go on with that. what is the devotion as well as the, the worldly way of living. He is no more an ordinary fly, he has become a bee, as Sri Ramakrishna used to say. There are two types of devotees. One is a bee, one is an ordinary fly. The bee always sits on honey. It never sits on filth. But ordinary fly, sometimes it sits on the nectar and sometimes on the filth. Our endeavor is to become the bee. But let us start. It's, let us, it's no harm to be the fly at the beginning. He knows very well. This little practice is bound to intensify. And at last, it will result in that complete renunciation. 
So Ramakrishna jokingly with a laugh is to encourage the people to continue in this path. If he at the very beginning he says, without complete renunciation, nothing will happen, they won't pursue that path at all. So he's how nicely just scheduling them, saying, no, of course you can. Why should you renounce everything? You're all right as you are, following the middle path, like molasses, partly solid and partly liquid. Do you know the game of knucks? Having scored the maximum number of points, I'm out of the game. I cannot enjoy it, but you are very clever. Some of you have scored 10 points, some six and some five. You have scored just the right number. So you can, you're not out of the game like me. The game can go on. Why? That's fine. All love. So Sri Ramakrishna's discussion will go on. You find it's a wonderful way, the simple words. Sri Ramakrishna is speaking of the profound philosophy behind the Vedic scriptures, behind the Hindu, Hindu way of life. The profound philosophy is speaking. So we will continue. Uh, with his discussion again in the next class. So with this, we stop our discussion today. Thank you all. Namaskar.